0: These are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And Welcome to another episode of The Spoiler Room. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, coming down the stairs and joining us in The Spoiler Room as we're going to talk about a very interesting film that's definitely been in the news lately, thanks to another film uh, that's actually coming out based off of a book. That's about the making of tonight's film. And I've got a great crew for me to, uh, with me tonight to talk about Tommy Wiseau's The Room. First off, he's back here with us. The man is very busy, but he's taken time out of his schedule to talk with us. It is the lovely Andrew Shearer. Hello, Andrew. Welcome back to the Spoiler Room.
1: Hey, you know, thank you for inviting me, Mark. And may I just say that, you know, I know that you uh, beat yourself up about uh, your ability to pronounce people's names. But uh I believe Wizot so is exactly how you say it.
0: Oh thank you. I uh I try to practice on some of them, but I uh as far as I'm aware, that's that is how it's pronounced. That's It the only...
1: sounded so natural to you. Oh, you. It sounded like unrehearsed, like you just saw him the other day. It,
0: it, I I actually kinda wish I had seen him the other day. I had many questions for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and next to andrew back in the spoiler room with us inside movies galore man himself david hello david how are you
2: i'm doing okay yourself
0: doing well glad you could join us and next to him is uh, the tie man himself mr paul salzer hello paul oh hi mark there's one okay i do I gotta gonna have it, it. <laughs> I knew I was going to get at least one out of you. Only it's more like, "Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi.
3: I don't have that accent. I can't do accents I well. I either puts- do Southern accent or no accent." Oh, I don't think Paul, anyone... let me
1: let me oh, get that ahead. Southern accent, man. Let me. Here you go. Go.
3: Oh no, I'm not going to do it now. Sorry. Oh come on, oh, he's from God. Atlanta. He he oh, talk
0: about holy. Southern. Come on, Paul. Come
3: on. Oh no, now I can't do it because it's like it's like trying oh. to perform sex, you know. Now, Speaking now of, How is are, your sex life lately? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's better than my pronunciation of names. You you nailed his last name. I keep calling the other guy the co-star. I keep calling him Sinestro because I can't <laughs> pronounce his name. Sinestro. Sinestro. <laughs> are you serious. Wow. Suddenly I came up
0: with this whole comic book film equivalent of the room. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But (laughs) yes, folks, we are not talking about the one that got all kinds of accolades (laughs) at the awards show, the movie called The Room. No, no, we're talking about Tommy Wiseau's 2003 film, The Room.
1: I love you, Lisa.
0: (laughs) I love you, Johnny. Let's see who here tonight wants to give a summary of the room. Uh, I'm going to give it to Paul. Paul, Dear why don't God. you tell the few listeners who may not be familiar with this what the room is about?
3: My, my truthful thing, or or what they say about the film? What what it truly is about?
0: It, we'll get a... into we'll get into the meanings later. But what like what would if you wrote the IMDb summary and you had to keep it clean? What did you,
3: oh, how would you
0: describe Tommy whistles the room?
3: uh it's basically about a banker who finds himself or finds that his his uh future wife is cheating on him with his best friend, and so this this kind of love triangle continues on where uh she's she's really cheating on him, she doesn't love him, but keeps telling other people that uh that he's hurt, like he's that she. Uh, uh, it's okay. 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 All right. Yes. Uh, the reason why I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about this later. I know. Yes, we will. Yes. Um, but essentially, it is about it, it's 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 the it's a love triangle. It's a story about a love triangle about a guy named Johnny who's a banker. His uh, future wife Lisa is cheating on him uh, with his best friend Mark, mm-hmm. and. Uh, essentially, at the very end of it, after they get through this whole uh, like potential wedding, birthday parties, and all these weird little subplots that continue on throughout the entire film, you find that the main character is basically kills himself. Boom, done. Wow, interesting. You,
0: yeah, you have really lived the spoiler room up to its name by basically ruining the end of the show. Way to go for ruining the end of the movie, Paul. So woo-woo, early. Woo-woo, woo-woo. Which,
3: Let's go play football.
0: (laughs) Let's go play football. The room, the few people out there who may not have heard of it, the infamous So Bad It's Good worst movie ever made, which is going to be something we're definitely going to talk about tonight. I, I realized myself that I had not actually seen this film from start to finish I had seen clips, I had seen chunks here and there, never actually voluntarily sat down and watched it from start to finish. And before I give my reaction, we're going to first start with David. David, when you saw The Room finally, did you see it when it was first uh, out and about, or did you see it after it started developing its following?
2: I actually saw it after it started developing its so-called following.
0: Yes, and what did you think about it when you finally saw The Room?
2: I'm still on the fence about how I feel. Uh but um my my reaction to it, 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 to it is it is it's just so bad. Um
0: <laughs> but it's it's uh, so bad it's good. <laughs> it's
2: it's not even that good, but uh, but it is portable. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm I mean you could you can basically quote the uh, the film from start to finish. I mean the film is dubbed. Yeah. You can tell it's dubbed <laughs> and um it's badly dubbed in places. So it's not that I it, it's not the one character that I guess I I could say that I enjoyed was Lisa out of uh, out of wow. the <laughs> um, and this isn't th- normally I don't like uh, I hate a film this bad um, and it's not that, uh, that I didn't dislike the storyline it could have had a storyline sure but um, there were some oddly like softcore porn scenes that
0: I <laughs> yeah, the film.
2: So it, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, Paul. Yeah. Paul, how about you? When you finally saw the room, I imagine you saw this after the hype was coming about with Most it. Most
3: definitely, this is not in my wheelhouse type of film. Uh, but when I did watch it, uh, I did the the story really hit me uh, hard because I've been in this same exact position as Johnny. I've been I've lost girlfriends to to friends before, including best friends. So uh, I could totally relate to the story, uh, but I I would definitely agree that uh, some of the people I didn't really like, especially Lisa. I did not like Lisa. I, I hiss I hiss at her. She's she's like I I just oh I hate her so much. But that maybe is a good thing because I think that's what. This movie is supposed to do is make you feel, uh, but yeah, the the story is like I said. It it I could relate to the story because it felt like I was Johnny uh, with probably not that monotone acting though. Um, yeah,
0: no, you you've got more inflection in your
3: voice, so you're. Okay. I hope so. Yeah. I really do hope so. Either, so. um, but yeah, that that was my my uh, just ah. Uh, so that's why I thr- I I apologize to you right now because I think throughout most of this podcast I'm going to be doing a lot of grunting and and just because it I could feel this movie and wow and but it's it, it's only because it it ties back to something in my in my past. I if nobody had the same experience, I don't know if they would like this film truthfully.
0: Wow, nice. Nice. I did not expect that. So, uh, well, hopefully this doesn't bring back too many bad memories for you, Paul. And if, <laughs> yeah. If, if it did, that's okay. There's, uh, we'll, we'll have the, uh, the room therapy session afterwards. Uh, so we'll be okay. And I wanted to save his reaction to laughs because I was very curious. I'm very, uh, uh interested in, uh, Mr. Andrew Shearer's in, uh, opinion as well. Uh, Andrew, when you first saw the room, I imagine, did you see it after the hype and, and what did you think about it?
1: Um, the art house theater here in Athens has played it very regularly, uh, ever since they opened, uh, about 10 years ago. So, um, I went as soon as they showed it cause I'd always heard of it, but never had a chance to see it. And I'm a big fan of cult film, right? So I can't like not be, <laughs> you know, I can't not go to something like that. Right. Um, my opinion leaving the screening of the room was that um, um, I think the movie was actually better than I thought it was going to be technically, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was a great looking movie. Um, but uh, I thought the audience was way worse than the film. Like oh I, wow! I really did not have a good time there. Uh, it was quite hostile compared to seeing something like Rocky horror or, uh, repo genetic opera or um, i've been to s- screenings of showgirls where they know all the lines um, but the experience of seeing the room with with the uh, the fans was quite quite different than any other cult film thing i've ever been to i didn't have a good time
0: Wow, yeah it's because usually the so bad it's good films are fun you have a fun audience you guys everybody kind of laughs along in that but You're not the first person I've heard that's had that experience watching The Room with an audience. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this uh, show tonight because I, in all honesty, when I first started doing podcasts and as I noticed we were going along and people still wanted to do it with me, I'm like, awesome, great. But I'm like, The Room, you know what? I'm going to stay away from it. I want to stay away from it because it's too easy to really lay into this film and slam it. It, it. It could be if you just take it at the surface and just go, Oh, but even then, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm trying to see the appeal because I love bad films too. I mean, I cult films, you know, those films that aren't the mainstream at all. And I, I admit it. I had not watched this from start to finish. I watched it in chunks and watching it in chunks makes it more entertaining than watching it from start to finish. But what it, The impression that got to me when I finally watched this, and this was for the show, was I think David kind of hit on the head on it. This thing was reminding me almost of a film that you would see at about 1130 at night on Saturday night on Cinemax, but poorly done. It's someone trying to make a Cinemax, like, you know, lusty, not quite softcore, but close story um the way the way he films the love scenes even though they're hitting the belly button um you know the the love triangle that the, the storylines i'm like this is like you know someone had watched those films the way it, it came off to me and wanted to write the film but they wrote the film in an english equivalent to a cat chasing a red laser pointer on the floor in that it's running, it's running, running. Oh, and then it stops to lose interest. Then we're back. And it's, this, this film is, the, the, the story's all over the place. But it is, still has a, a linear narrative, which I've seen films that have far less of a linear narrative than this one. And yeah, Andrew, you're right. The production actually surprised me in this, in that the quality... It is not that bad. I mean, even the green screen set on the roof, while you can tell it's not a location, it's actually done fairly well for a micro-budget green screen. So for me, I guess I'm trying to figure out still why this one hit. And I think it is, and and my first question for the group tonight, I'll stop rambling here, but I think what it is at its core, not only just, you know, how people compared to my mainstream films but it's really boiling down to Tommy. I honestly think a lot of people get into this film and like to 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 riff on it because of Tommy and I actually felt kind of bad about that. <laughs> and and maybe it's just me, but it really feels like here's a guy who has some possible, you know, issues maybe Uh, trying to make a legit serious film you can tell it in this film and people are just so dogging it you know and and i've i've called out films before that you could tell take themselves too seriously but this one people make fun of it and it feels like they make fun of tommy was so uh andrew what do you think about that do you think that's part of it is people are actually picking not so much on the film, but on Tommy.
1: Uh, it, it depends. I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to begin, man. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 did feel bad at first, but the more I learned about Tommy and particularly after Greg's book came out, you realize that Tommy kind of deserves it. The rest of the people in the movie, not so much, but Tommy deserves it because okay. you, you know, he, uh, he was definitely a screwed up guy who was, treated people really poorly and um, was a pretty gross person when it came to, there's a reason why there's 11 minutes of lovemaking in this movie. Oh, I you imagine. Know. Yeah. he. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, should, you should read the parts. He talks about when the auditions were <laughs> and how long he made these people make out and just sit there watching them. I mean, you know, this is the year of of people blowing the doors open on people like Tommy was. So, and so yeah. while every, you know, everybody was, Part of and all of that stuff, he certainly took advantage of a lot of people, and for some severely fucked up reasons that we probably will never know. Um, but the 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 uh, the audience was uh, it was they were bullying it from the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, I got the feeling that some of them did identify with Tommy's character uh, because they were angry at women, and so they really enjoyed seeing women portrayed as these nothings. And uh, and being, you know, these demons or whatever, because they had anger toward women from things that happened in their lives or something. I don't know. But they also were cheering for Tommy to kill himself. And, um, you know, it was just a lot to take in, you know,
0: that's that's harsh. (laughs) Yes. But like I
1: say, you know, he he made the drama and thought he was going to make the greatest movie ever. Sure. And, and uh, you know, he really, but, he, but it was mostly a big ego trip. He's a guy who had, he was a millionaire and it was not a micro budget film. It was a $6 million movie. Oh, was that really? Yes. Oh, and, uh, my he, bad. Uh, he took I, always, giant, I always thought it was a, a smaller budget film. Oh uh, no, no. He bought all his cameras. He bought HD and film and and shot them right next to each other. And, uh, but the big reason was he took out a giant billboard advertising the room and then four-walled uh, theater in Los Angeles. So, you know, hipsters were all over it. Wow. See, and uh, like I said, and I do apologize to my audience, I, I
0: really didn't look too much into the room, because for me, I never, you know, it, the hype
1: machine was just like, I just, you know, ah. you have to take it at face value. You know, if you're talking yeah. about it as just a movie itself, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, all your criticisms or observations are totally valid.
0: Yeah, you know, without knowing the backstory. For me, if you just take what's on screen and people laying into it, I mean, David, do you think part of that is laying into the Tommy character? Whether or not from off-screen antics he deserves it, but as far as on-screen, do you think maybe some of this vile stuff that some people say about the film, they're making fun of Tommy himself, which, you know, is he's kind of a tragic character in here. Well...
2: It's kind it, it's kind of hard not to uh, not to uh, not to uh, make fun of someone when they're that dramatic on screen, mm-hmm. and uh, he's obviously saying uh, some relatively uh, you know uh, antique comments, yes, uh, or antique lines uh, that have been said before in films uh, uh, films before and the way he says them the way he draws the words out out of his mouth um it is especially in his somewhat broken english mm-hmm. um at the time is somewhat you know you you, you can somewhat make fun of uh, fun of it uh, on my podcast i somewhat one of the people on on the on there had said something about how every single line that he said him and his friends would take uh, take up a shot and drink uh, drink at it or something to that mm-hmm. effect. So I don't know what people uh, what people exactly you know they wouldn't make fun of uh, fun of him you know. Um, so. I believe that I believe that T- uh, Tommy is a man who tr- uh, tried to start at least started out to um, do this f- uh, film his way, but uh, he had he had a lot of people against him.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I like you said. I'm not sure. Uh, Paul, how about you? With the Tommy character as far as on screen and people uh, making fun of him. And as Andrew said, wishing him to kill himself. I mean, yeah, no, he's not that great of guy, but I mean, that's kind of harsh. You think people are just making fun more of Tommy was than the actual film itself.
3: Um, I think so, but, uh, it's, I think also to the audiences nowadays are trying to find something to pick on, and they, and because I think a lot of people have kind of grown up with the uh, mystery science theater 3000 type of atmosphere. It's like all of my friends love to pick on movies. Well, that aren't actually critics. Right. And you like to sit down and we, we, we like to joke and pretend that we are witty and we, we like to make each other laugh. And I think that's just kind of the nature of a lot of audiences now. And it's, it's so easy with this movie to 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 pick fun at it because it, it it's a very serious topic but the characters don't seem to take it seriously. I mean there's there's the one line where it's like don't worry about it, don't worry about it. You keep hearing that throughout the thing. So you can never take these characters too seriously even though the topic is such a a heavy topic, so, you know, for me it, it was a heavy topic. Right. And so I think it's just easy for people, especially nowadays, that they to just love to pick on films, and it, it, you know he's the, he's this guy that seems so naive about the way things are going, and he's he's so carefree, and he's like he oh it's so weird he just seems like an alien because <laughs> he does I mean not not in the foreign sense but I mean really? from the planetary sense uh, because he just. You know, he he goes through life and it like nothing affects him and it's, and you feel like, wow, I don't, I don't know if I like this guy very much. So maybe I'm just going to pick fun at him because it's my defense mechanism. I'll feel better if I don't like this guy, because if I like this guy, then I'm more like that guy and I don't really want to, you know, have Mm -hmm. everyone think on that. So maybe that's it. I don't know. That Yeah. <laughs> it's when you actually
0: scratch the surface of this and try to look at this film from a different perspective, I think, than just to slam it, yeah. you, you start to see some really dark and, and odd things in here. I mean, we, we've got his character who I called it a Neil Breen complex. <laughs> he's the nice guy, he's the yeah. sensitive guy, he's the guy you don't want to hurt, you know, and of course, he's the star and the director. So yeah, you, you know, that that I could see how audience have a tough time, you know, taking this film kind of seriously because he's the guy that's with the women. He's the guy who, you know, and, and kind of like with the uh is that Neil Breen, I believe that is that that, you know, where he's the top top spy in all the world or um <laughs> but yeah, I just I could see that. But on one hand I feel bad because I think people they they're laughing and they say they're laughing at the film but i think they're laughing more at, at him um which you know i could see why too his line delivery is n- not good at all he as i said it it this this story the way the screenplay plays out is just oh my god the way this story is but it's still linear it's still linear david you still at least have a linear story in here even though the dialogue and such are just seems randomly delivered at times. You do still have a linear story in here, don't you?
2: I do see that there is a linear story in, Mm -hmm. in the film, but uh, a lot of the random dialogue that is throughout the film kind of distracts me from watching the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, and plus you've got the music, that sounds like you're listening to uh, like, something fr- uh, from like a Canon fairy tale mm-hmm. or, or uh, masterpiece theater or, or something like that. You know, uh, you know, the, the music, it, it kind of sounds more, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <And
0: that's- laughs> the, music, <laughs> the music is, is pretty rough in here as well. Yeah. I, I definitely, I will,
2: I will say I did like the beginning scene with, 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 with what looks like uh, some kind of a castle or or something like that that uh, that that part I do
0: like oh sure right in the in the beginning yeah that's a few interesting shots especially the way th- this film opened a little better than I thought it would but uh, you know I've watched many bad films Paul you've watched many bad films wouldn't you say though for as bad as people say this film is the story is there is a linear story or story in here, isn't there? It doesn't just uh, look like a Rorschach test.
3: Oh no, it's, it's very much though. So. I, I think the problem is the, a lot of the subplots and he introduced characters that I thought didn't add to the, the story in mm-hmm. any way. I, I thought the whole Denny thing was okay. Yeah. It shows that, that Johnny is a caring guy, but, did it really add anything to the triangle? Probably not. The whole uh, mother coming in, the mother seemed like she was supposed to be the outside person. Some of the lines that she said made you think, okay, this is, she represents the audience looking at, you know, why are there so many people coming into this room all the time? You know, I, that, that, that i think was the only purpose for her and other than that it, again it didn't add to the triangle and especially the uh, the the two friends that kept going to the room and having sex they were totally not needed <laughs> in the thing so yeah there's that linear storyline but you had all these weird interweaving subplots and characters that didn't add to the plot so i think that was that was that was where this movie failed on a, on a story aspect, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I will say a lot, all the extra characters, the, the, that character in particular though, the, uh, is it Benny or Lenny? Is it, I forgot which one or it is. De- the kid, Denny? The Denny? Denny. Denny, Denny is the kid. Yeah. Denny character. I'm glad you brought him up. Andrew, the, the Denny character and these sub characters, uh, they're just odd, but, wasn't the Denny character? Did you feel this character was very awkward, <laughs> Andrew? Did you, did you oh, feel like the, the way they wrote this character? He, he, you didn't know what he
1: his real purpose there was, did you? Well, I mean, uh, he's a. I. 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 At first, I thought, whose kid is this? Right. You know, but but yet he's the actor's too old to be a kid. But clearly, you know, Johnny is is supporting him. Somehow, like he's a mentor to him or whatever, it was just a you know very kind of strange thing. But you know, just watching the room and knowing that Tommy wrote this thing, and he wrote it as a play originally, uh, you kind of get the feeling that all of this was taken from uh, either things that he experienced in his life or movies that he had seen. So it's all this kind of like jumble. Filtered through this guy who doesn't really understand how human beings work. Period. You know, yeah. so um, D- Denny right away is in this movie popping up. I think he, he go. He, he's um he's he's attracted to uh, Lisa, which he later yeah. I, I think fully admits to. But uh, he totally tries to like just come into the bedroom and creep on them while they're together. So it's <laughs> it's strange. Yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it's bizarre. But uh, I think it's important not to try to read too much into this because mm-hmm. it does sort of play like it this, you can't know what it might've originally been. And it's not written by a person who really gets it. Anything <laughs> of how people interact. Yeah,
0: it did. It did feel like he was, cause I mean, we we've watched a lot of films and watching it. I'm like, okay, he's borrowed this from this movie. And, mm-hmm. Now he's borrowed this. And so, yeah, you're, he could have been just taking his favorite bits and, and piecing them together, working them. in. The, how do I work my favorite bits into this film? Never mind if the bits actually pertain to the story at all. But I want to add them in here because uh, I like them and I'm making a film.
2: And uh, never mind that they were bits and pieces of porn that I used to see at like nine, uh, 9, 10 o'clock at night
0: right on the Skinamax movies, movies <laughs> they used to be called uh because the, that's the way he shot the love scenes mm. that's why i mentioned it earlier when i said uh you know the impression i got with it because the way he shoots them with the the camera moving and and trying to give it kind of this soft uh like lighter playful intimate thing i'm like Holy crap! He watched a lot of late night Cinemax (laughs) films.
1: Well, and you know it's important to bring that up too because you gotta you gotta know that like the fan base for the room, the people that made this thing big or whatever, is a generation after the generation that grew up seeing that stuff. So they haven't really they have no frame of reference. They haven't seen those movies to know how much how closely this is to those. You know, it's just like a poorly made version of those basically you know cuz the red shoe diaries and mm-hmm. all of that um you know they those were made by professional people and uh they were this rigorously scheduled and done with no money and no time and uh acted by people who were struggling and just needed work you know and uh, that, that has a lot in common with The Room in a lot of ways. But uh, the big thing here is that, because you could take any of those movies, quite honestly, that that I just mentioned, and show them somewhere to these people enough times to where they could yell the lines back at them and make fun of the people on screen mm-hmm. and anticipate everything and pick something out. There is nothing unique necessarily. enough. There's not enough unique things about The Room from films like that uh, to warrant a genuine cult following. Except for the fact that they haven't seen any of the rest of those.
0: Wow, you, you bring up a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. That yeah, this generation that's really into the room had not seen those uh e- you know, either in, in pop culture or in or personally late night on, on cable. But I when I was watching this, I'm like, you know, you replaced Tommy so with some
1: um you Jay know, Richardson Mickey. Wingshauser. Yeah,
0: Mickey yeah. Rourke. You know the right. blue, the blue orchid is a lot is just as bad as the
1: room. Oh, wild, wild orchid.
0: How wild it? orchid? Sorry, not blue orchid. My yeah, mouth. but
1: yeah.
0: you knew which one I was talking about.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. And two moon junctions. And oh, yeah. you know, I mean, we, I've seen them all. And as as I would imagine, uh, we all have, but these guys don't. They think I think the room is too special, because compared to what they don't know.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought about it Paul. What do you what do you think about that? You think that might add to this is the fact they didn't never really knew about these type of films cuz by the time they're old enough to pay attention that's Whoa. gone the way of the dodo kind of.
3: Yeah, yeah, because well it just rem- remember how we felt when we first saw that, you know, we were messing with the tracking dial, you know, to try to get the 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 pause just right, you know. Because oh wow, we get to see breasts on on a movie, you know, <laughs> or yeah, or,
0: or is is the guy really naked, or is he wearing a sock, or what a sock or something? Yeah, oh, or
1: and oh,
3: I saw the sock. Yeah, you 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 kind of laugh at it, you know. But um, I was going to add that uh, I would have I would have liked it better this film a lot lot better if they would have played up on the whole concept of maybe Johnny had a psychosis where his life was kind of based on all the things that he saw in life like maybe they would have had him watch television and and then later on you got to see that come incorporate into his life i just would have liked that a lot more the problem was that johnny came off as being like this you know he basically made his ideal version of himself yes and, and and said you know hey this, this, is, this is it. I would have loved to have seen a different thing where, yeah, this guy has problems, and this is why his, his life is falling apart. But because his life is falling apart, he, he falls back on the only thing that he, he understands, which is maybe, maybe the pop culture references or the, or the movies that he, he's fallen back on. And then that would have made this movie just amazingly better in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just wish they would have done that, but they, if they didn't, they didn't.
0: <laughs> David, w- what are your thoughts with that? Uh, the fact that, you know, uh, this generation here hadn't really experienced those types of films. So could that be part of the appeal?
2: I think it very well could play a part in, um, in some of the, um, in some of the fan base at the base of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um I believe that a lot of them do know some of the films mm-hmm. that that might've played a part in the filming behind the room. Um, Though, uh, though I have a very negative view of the f- uh, film being on my, uh, uh, being on my own podcast and listening to others has somewhat, you know, opened my mind a little bit more about the possibilities of what happened uh, uh, how this film came to be and, Yeah, and uh, but still uh,
0: <laughs> yeah
3: yeah it, this one's this one's a hard one
2: for uh, for, yeah. uh, for me to to like
0: yeah well yeah i i like bad films there's so good films to bad i was just trying i was kind of trying to see Approaching this and seeing what where the appeal might be, you know playing off my experience with other bad films and I, I was having trouble seeing it. in fact what really took me out of it and I'm going to get Andrew's opinion first because I know he probably has a just a few opinions and it's been mentioned not only of how the other female characters are written but specifically Lisa holy crap Andrew how would you feel
1: about the Lisa character and how she was written well she's horrible. She's an awful person. I mean, you know, she's, she, she's worse than being a cardboard cutout. She's a punching bag for, for uh, you know, Tommy and every woman that ever did anything wrong to him or maybe one specifically we don't know in his life that did something horrible to him. And, you know, I, I uh, watching it uh, with an audience, you know, I, you know, I did see, you know, people are making fun of Tommy and making fun of the way he talks, the things he does. They're making fun of everyone. And yes, at the end, some were people were yelling, Tommy, don't do it. Other people were yelling, kill yourself, you you know, whatever. But um, I worry for the people that actually take Tommy's side because clearly they've got issues too, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, Because uh, it's different than a normal sympathetic character Mm -hmm. because you know that this guy wrote these women and specifically, you know, that this guy wrote this woman, uh, this woman, he's, He's getting a lot of, and I don't remember who said it earlier, but it was a very astute observation. You know, he's making. It was Paul who said that. You know, Tommy's basically made this movie uh, to make like the idealized version of himself. Was also a way to get revenge, to get revenge on on women, and to get revenge on uh, Hollywood, which outright rejected him as an actor Mm -hmm. and as a legitimate anything. And but that's what. I don't I the thing that fascinates me about this and the reason why I even think it's worth talking about cuz I don't think there's anything special about the room. I think it's interesting that um you know the guy that made it instead of being angry or having a you know whatever a good sense of humor about the uh this film that he made seriously and tore his own soul and heart out and spent all his money on uh being laughed at by everyone and being okay with that. He mm-hmm. just wanted to be famous. He just wanted Hollywood to notice him. And if it means that he's a joke to them, so be it. The old line from Ed
0: Wood always sticks back to and Eddie, this is Hollywood. There's no bad press. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? I just, no, you're right. You're right. But uh, I I really don't agree with this film being compared to plan nine from outer space. I no. don't agree with Tommy was so being compared to Edward, who was a damaged person who had a hard time in life and who, you know, the movie about Edward sugarcoated him too. Oh, you know, yeah. they, they make it seem like his first wife left him because of, uh, you know, all the movie making stuff and giving her part to the other. He was a raging alcoholic mm-hmm. and that is why she left him, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, I hope, because the book, The Disaster Artist, definitely doesn't sugarcoat Tommy. Um, in fact, you cannot watch The Room the same way after mm-hmm. reading that book. But I hope the film, Disaster Artist, um, shows the way he treated people and shows what kind of a person that he was.
0: Yeah, it, it's you get that impression. There's some demons or there's some things he's trying to get back at her, bury it and a lot of it's piled onto the lisa character but also the mom the mom is shown as as the old school money grubbing you know gold digger if you will uh who's controlling of the worst person which is lisa and then you even have um the couple who just show up and make love in the room for what, which I'm just like, and they just sat on the couch. These two were just, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> the mom and the, the, Lisa sit on the couch that these two were just going at it. on. But even then, uh, the, the woman was the instigator in them doing something in the room. Uh, you know, it's. The, the one f-
2: part that I laughed. Uh, I'm just going to interject this here for, uh, for just a moment. Oh, no, my- go ahead. Um The one part that I'm gonna uh, say that I actually did laugh at is when uh, the one guy from that couple that you were talking about came back mm-hmm. for his underwear.
0: Yeah, that that part was was kind of spooky but funny. Yeah, I could see the way he did it, but Tommy wasn't in that scene, so that could be why it was a better scene. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, oh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs>
0: no, I, I I joke, but um. <laughs> no. See, see, <laughs> easy to do, yes. But uh, well, no. But I'm just saying, though, that the people in the in the scene, mm. and I guess why I meant why I chided that was because he seemed more relaxed. With him <laughs> yes, there, you know, uh, David. Did you? You said you liked the Lisa character, but you got to admit she's written to be was like kind of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like full on, like, uh, uh, but
2: the reason why i liked her is because she was a bitch and <laughs> and because uh, that uh, that is exactly how some women act mm. out there uh, there at least in my uh, at least in my experience mm-hmm. uh, growing up uh, w- uh, women can be that way <laughs> and in relationships, you know, when they're cheating on you, you know, it happens. Yeah. So uh, for some reason, there's something sexy about the, uh, uh, the way that um, that she is. Wow. What's inter- uh, 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 The interesting thing is that uh, did, did you realize that she was actually in a short film? um years after this film uh, uh, called uh who's checking up with denny where oh. they're somewhat uh, where she's somewhat uh doing like a uh uh, um, uh, 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 uh where somebody's calling like tommy wasso
0: mm-hmm. to
2: her and it's kind of like a a uh a spin off of uh, uh, uh what when, uh, when a stranger calls and, oh, okay, and so uh, and I guess it's kind of like a little bit of a independent comedy th- uh, thing.
0: Sure. So. <laughs> but well, you know, you when when you gotta gotta ride that train, right? When it gets popularity, hey, we got to do something to to keep it, you know, tied made together.
2: But they Tommy Waso's voice creepy, well, calling calling her, Ooh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know.
0: So. Uh, yeah and and paul you said this this film hit some strokes with you lisa
3: yeah i you know i hated her i hated her with all all of my heart i hated her not not the actress her character lisa
0: mm-hmm.
3: because the the moment the moment i found out what her actual role being in in this in this story of of the cheating you know girlfriend type of thing i i totally my blinders went up and i only looked at all the negative about her the 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 stuff about he he beat me of the all the things where she was like uh i hate him and then to his face she would say i love you and then to the to basically the best friend she was like manipulating him and of course of course i know that that, that's that's just the idealized that's you know tommy's idealized version of of her being the bad guy but i just couldn't help but not like her because it was like it was like yeah you this is this is that one woman you know the one or two women that have done this to my life and i just really despised her i just i was so like oh you you oh you know (laughs) it was just it was unbearable and so yeah i i felt i felt for it and i just but i don't know maybe uh, you know it's just that's why and you know i didn't give her character uh, a chance and i and there was no way i was going to look at it from the point of view of this is how she was written and right. I looked at it from this, this is the bad guy of the story mm, sure. done. And sure. so, yeah, but, but that's, you know, that's, uh,
1: <laughs> so you can see why dudes like to go see this movie and over and over again and scream slut at her because, because it, Tommy is basically writing from the perspective of someone who's emotionally about 14, 15 years old. And his view of women is, is, you know, some angry teenager, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well yeah and it, it it plays to their emotions and mm-hmm. and as as paul's notice you know it has mentioned as well that he he has been in those situations but the thing is you know it, it's hard to say if these people who are at these films having such reaction or being such mean are actually have been in that situation or they're just you know it it's feeding a stereotype that they have in their head and therefore they watch it because it it reinforces their thoughts of the way women are, all women are. Well know, it's something. just
1: it's altogether just a very broy experience to go see the room, to be quite right. honest. You know, and I'm sure the men's rights people love it, and mm. that includes the female ones, you know. <laughs> Um, because it lets you just unleash all of that and be like someone understands me and then I you know they anyone who was bullied you know um, a lot of times turn into bullies themselves and like to bully other things and certainly going and bullying this movie and all its characters uh, it's just a lot of yelling and cussing Mm -hmm. at this movie
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I have not experienced the group, and, and I don't think I, I will because I have heard other experiences as well of of people doing the same thing at that. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I want to sit in a crowd like that,
1: you know. Well, it's, you know, for 90 minutes as well. You know, think about Rocky Horror. You know, they might yell slut or asshole at Brad or Janet, but the people genuinely love these characters and love this movie. And there's the songs and, you know, all of that stuff, too. It's just night and day from uh, from what I consider to be cult film because you know a movie that has a cult following or people like a you know bad movie let's say people that really love it I don't think they really in their hearts think it's bad I don't mm-hmm. think anyone would say that the f- cult film they love the most is some poorly made piece of shit I really don't think anyone would say that you don't I don't know I don't think you go to the room because you love it. I think you go to the room because you hate it Paul what do you think of that
3: <laughs> um, I'm not gonna watch this again I'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> um, yeah I just because it, it's just uh, it, it's just a horrible thing even the ending seemed so much similar to the thing obviously I didn't shoot myself no. but um, I, I did go through that process so mm it just it was a it was an it was just re redoing it and and it was it, you, you forget you forget how much you you the human humans heal you know right and and this movie made me realize just how much i i, I had healed and mm-hmm. then how much i didn't heal <laughs> obviously <laughs> uh, but yeah no i just i don't know i just uh, i think i think andrew is right though people do watch this movie because they want to aid it and And, maybe it makes them feel good. maybe, maybe I should watch this movie more so that I get over. you know
0: you're not you're not like that, Paul though. Oh, so, good you know, i I don't see you as that at all. And I you know, the fact that it brought up memories isn't so much, you know, like you said though, you 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 aren't going to go back because it brought up memories. You don't, yeah. don't want to go back and relive that again. And here oh. we have a lot of people who, it, it seems to be cool to hate this film. And Andrew, you you pointed out right that if you get a So Bad It's Good film, deep down, you chide it, you you riff on it. but And I think that's where the point is with the MSTK. I think that's where people, I think, miss the point. Because I've watched a few of those films, a, a, a number of those films. And while they're riffing it, you can tell there's an actual kind of love for the film. Even as they're riffing it, even as they're pointing out that it, it never feels like they are truly hating the film. David, uh, you've watched a lot of Misty, I imagine. Uh, would you say that, that, you know, the so bad a good film. Do you think it's gotten lost how to riff on a film that's bad but still love it and people are just hating the room? I mean, uh, what do you think?
2: I think that there are those who actually will go out and, and and watch a movie to try to hate it regardless and that goes for any film because sure. I think that uh, I think that pe- people at least in this day and age uh, will go out and watch uh, so, uh, something and try to find so, uh, something to hate about it.
0: Justice if- League. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> um but um i think see uh i've watched this movie twice once for my podcast once for this one and i don't think i will ever watch it again
0: <laughs> but you've watched but, so bad it's good films and you know it's not I'm a sure.
2: so bad it's good film it's a so bad it's bad film
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's just not watchable again after seen it twice sure and it's not that i want to hate on it or anything like that i do see what others are seeing in it but uh i also don't understand it and i I don't understand the admiration in it but Mm -hmm. i also get the fact that it's kind of based on some of his his imaginings of what he saw when he was a child in films and whatnot so i do get that aspect of the of the film as well it's just it's just hard to like in the piece together way that the film is portrayed
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i i would have to agree a bit on that i i was trying to see that appeal you know expecting something and i got something else in all honesty uh would you say that andrew that with mstk3 people may have the point of of what they do got lost or do you think that they were being just as mean-spirited at these uh films that weren't quite
1: great well i mean if you were to i could see how you could watch the room and see it as like you know, surrealist art or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of doubles back on itself where it succeeds because of what a colossal failure it is at uh, being unique for that reason. You know, Tommy had his script and then while he's on set because he has money to burn and time that he can waste of everybody's and people on the crew who can abuse endlessly, although (laughs) they had four different DPs. I mean, camera person after camera person just completely quit. Because it's got to be a maddening experience. Because sure. you know it's not going to cut together right. It's going to be, you know, head-spinningly terrible. And the movie itself is extremely boring, very, very plodding. You know, you take out the stuff that doesn't matter, that uh, has no bearing on it whatsoever, and you really just have a short. You mm-hmm. know, so um, the people that are into mystery science theater movies, uh, I've been to some screenings. We have in Athens. We have this thing called Bad Movie Night. -hmm. And uh, I went to it, and uh, they were, it looked to be expertly curated. You know, they were showing some uh, VHS type stuff from the 80s and some cable type stuff. And uh, I was very impressed by some of their selections. And I went a couple of times, and it was fun. You know, people laugh at stuff and things that are cheap or cheesy or ridiculous or whatever. But um, when the people that appointed themselves the Mystery Science Theater of this event, started yelling at the screen, um, the things that naturally made the film funny because they were inept or bizarre, you couldn't hear those things. Mm -hmm. It was all about these guys just yelling, and they thought they were funny. Mystery Science Theater, let's not forget, are writers and comedians. These people (laughs) are qualified to make fun of movies this way. Mm -hmm. These people were just assholes. Mm-hmm. And it made them feel superior to do this. I don't think they liked the movie at all. In fact, the scenario was set up that this isn't good, so tear it apart. Right. And uh, I walked out, and I never came back to any of them.
0: And I, I've always felt there's a difference to that. And, man, I hope, I hope at all I'm not coming off as, oh, movie snob. Oh, you think you're better. I, I don't think I'm better than anybody, but I just... The f- When I look at a film, if I riff on it, I still love it, but so many people seem to just want to hate the film because it's bad or a low production or not well made per the norms and they want to, you know, rip on it because it makes them feel better because maybe the film makes them feel uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look at the the best and worst Entertainment Weekly of the year just came out, and number one worst movie named by Entertainment Weekly was Emoji. Now, If you want to talk fish in a barrel, how easy was that, that target? You don't need to have seen the movie. You just need to know it exists to say it's the worst thing. I thought Emoji was a fine movie. Really? Oh, you know? yeah. Andrew. I I liked it. I liked it way more than some other kids' movies I saw this year. Trust me. This <laughs> year was one of the worst movies for kids. And Emoji wasn't the best one. No. But it was it was in the upper tier of kids' movies this year. I just I thought it, you know, I don't want to make this about the emoji movie, no. but I did not hate it. My family didn't hate it either. We were just like, you know, I don't know if the bar was set so low because what the fuck is this gonna be? But right. I think because they knew that um they were the emoji movie they had a similar to uh the way that lego was and the way that cloudy with the chance of meatballs was not saying it's as good as those i'm just saying they had a lot going against them as writers Mm -hmm. and therefore really tried hard to make up for it and uh Mm -hmm. it succeeded more than it failed i thought uh but my point in even bringing it up is that professional critics professional critics like to shit on things i had at a screening a critic turn to me and go, I hate movies, before the movie started. Oh, what? Jesus. Yep. Wow. He said it with a smile on his
0: face. And, and he's probably a Rotten Tomatoes critic, too, and he adds himself on there. And
1: <laughs> You know, it's just, it's an easy thing to do, but deep down, it's broken people, you know? And uh, liking things is not as cool as not liking things, period. Because um, liking things just makes you a plain old geek. <laughs> and I'll <Yeah>. take it. <laughs> yeah. I Trust me. I've, I've gotten it to where I've liked things
0: that people have hated films or I didn't think a film was totally horrible. And uh, I've heard about it from a few folks, uh, especially with the indie stuff that I cover, the lower budget stuff, similar to the room. Not, not quite I mean a little bit above the room quality at least but I found you know enjoyment in it and I get comments all the time going how could you like this piece of shit this was horrible this fucking shit 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 and I'm like
1: okay I'm yeah like, but you know I you know I I I'm not to make this about me or take of the air but um, my movie space boobs in space on Amazon Prime it, it, a lot of the comment I have mostly one star reviews on it a lot of them say this is the worst movie I've ever seen this is the worst movie ever made which makes me happy because, you know, God, you want to give me that kind of credit. A lot of my heroes, <laughs> you know, have been <laughs> called that too. Um, But what I do is I, I click the trail and I go, okay, let's see what this person does think is a great movie. If this one is the worst. Right. But all their reviews are one star and they, all they can talk about is what they hate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. you think about that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's true. It's easier to hate on something. Uh, Paul with you, with Misty, do you think the message kind of gotten lost of of because they got their writers as andrew pointed out they're comedians they're writers they watch these films uh, probably more than once or twice to write the jokes for oh, them
3: yeah. meanwhile yeah, you get
0: people at showings of the room that are shredding it because mm-hmm. they're enjoying shredding it but there's no real i don't know if there's real enjoyment in it what, what do you think you think the misty message may have gotten
3: lost over the years Oh yes, I think uh, what A- Andrew uh, said was spot on about how how people uh, the the mystery science theater theater three thousand people are, um, are are very much qualified to to do that sort of stuff. And when when basically we do it, it it it's fun to do it on your own. Just don't expect other people to to think that you're you know you're the you're the next best thing to like you know. Sliced yeah. sliced Limburger <laughs> cheese. Yeah, I don't God, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's it and then when you when you watch the actual show, uh you can tell that they like it because and, and and the things that they say are not entirely harmful. They just kind of they just kind of say things that are are kind of in the moment and and it's it's funny for that specific thing. Whereas if when when you just kind of say you know ha ha you know you you pick fun at at the 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 chicken the chicken dancing going on in the thing <laughs> and the the sheer number of football passes yeah. in it I mean th- that's easy to pick on but it's like well what if you do what I do and try uh, you probably shouldn't do this but uh, try to find some significant meaning in in that whole you know, sure. exchange, because to me, it was just like, okay, it was it was a really a, an interesting way to kind of uh, show how communication is, you know, how you you take a take a thought, and you give it to the next person. And then they they add to their thought. And then they, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But people, it's just so, so much easier to say, you know, you know, or, or that guy fell down for no particular reason. It's like, well, <laughs> come on, guys. It's
1: yeah. Well, it's it, like Weird Al, right? I mean, yeah. it's an honor to be parodied by him. Yeah, you know,
3: truly parodied, right? Not, right, not right. to be hated on. Yeah, exactly.
0: And if a film gets the MST, you know, three thousand uh, treatment, that's kind of a cool thing because they thought, you know, they enjoyed the film. They found enough enjoyment in the film to bring it on the show and write some jokes about it, but. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that their jokes were hateful jokes by any means. They're pointing out the ridiculousness of it, which in all honesty, my buddy and I, we've, we've grown up. It's in our DNA. It's ingrained star Wars. First Uh film I ever saw in the theater. I will tell you that my friend and I have sat down and watched star Wars, a film that we truly love and have ripped it. Sometimes. (laughs) for pointing out some of the ridiculousness or, you know, some of the bad dialogue or whatever, but we aren't hating on the film with the room. It just feels like it's chic to hate this film and not hate it because it's, it's entertaining enough to where you love it. You hate it to hate it because it's, it's so easy to do at least the number of people's reactions I've seen online for that. what would you say, David? Would you would you say that it's more just a, a hate to hate rather than oh, I love this film, so I pick on it. It's more of man, I hate this film, I'm going to rip on it.
2: I think a majority of it is uh, is the uh, the hate to hate on it, but uh, but I also think that it's a little bit of both too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean it's it's hard to say, uh, say that uh, 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 it, it's hard to point the finger at pe- uh, people and say. You, you're gonna go uh, go and watch that uh, film, and you're gonna hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, but uh, from what I've heard, there are uh, people probably did uh, hear about it and uh, 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 how bad it was, and went to go see it just to hate it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I I think I think uh, someone went and and, and, and saw it came out and said, this is a piece of shit. Called up his friend and said, you've got to go see this movie. It's so bad. Right. And they probably went uh, 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 and they were probably the cr- uh, uh, crowd that uh, was there with Andrew. And,
3: <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but yeah, I, can, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, I went, when trying, watching this film, Uh, for the podcast, I found it extremely difficult to find. I I went to the video store, couldn't find it. Went to uh, Walmart, couldn't find it. I went online, couldn't find it. None of the streaming services have it. So where are these people watching the film to be able to criticize it? I'm thinking they went to YouTube and saw little scenes of the the best of the worst of this movie, (laughs) and that's what they're picking on. They're not really picking on the film. So it's, it's, it's hard well,
0: to I, say what they're the full movie is on youtube though i was say saying in Athens yeah.
1: there they are just they're going showing it yeah, different places yeah like they they play the movie a lot like i've never been i've never seen it well why would i have watched it again you know right. but it's, like it's um i mean you can buy it on amazon you can buy it from tommy's website they got a blu-ray and a dvd on amazon but yeah, it's but like, not
3: streaming you can't no, stream
1: it well i mean that's that's up to him you know yeah but like uh I, I, they are repeat watchers. I know people who go every time Sine plays it and they p- play it several times a year. Mm-hmm. They're playing it this coming weekend. So, uh, it's the repeat viewings. Um, as a kid, I got into Rocky Horror by going to it. I went every Friday and Saturday night mm-hmm. for years. So, do you
0: think going to it, they maybe start developing? I mean, I know this is all hyperbole, all speculation. We're, and again, we're not. I'm not trying to come off as we're just. I'm just trying to understand the the how this film grew like it did because I've seen so many better horrible films that not nearly have gotten the attention this has. So, Andrew, do you think it's because the repeat viewings it may change to where they they grow a bit of
1: an affection to it, or oh, I have to. You know, you watch it enough times, they grow familiar with it. mm -hmm. You know, and it just becomes like something that, that that uh it's like a listener watching anything, you know, people that follow a TV show. It's just it's familiarity, you know, and uh but also the room was set up from the beginning to be this thing. I mean right. uh the only people that saw it when it made its I don't think it made two too grand when it opened in Los Angeles. Um it is it it is what it is because of you know that hipster Uh, embrace of it as this movie that you go and talk back to as a cult film. And, you know, those movies can't be like manufactured as much as like the Sharknado people want to, or the Birdemic guy wanted to, you don't fake that. The audience finds these things on their own and embraces them on their own completely outside of anything a promoter or a filmmaker or a studio can do. And so um, that was Something that for the room was made, you know, Mm -hmm. the people went and saw it and they're like, oh, this is hilarious. You got to come see this. And the people that made it knew that it was going to be ridiculous. And the first time Sistero saw it, he talks about showing it to his parents. He had a tape of it and they were just like, oh, God, rewind that. They just can't believe it. You have a lot of people have just never seen anything like this before and would never watch uh, something like uh, the greasy strangler or basket case or even like nurse 3d or showgirls they would never watch a movie like that um my friend link's video store closed down after being in operation since the 80s because he had a huge cult section mm-hmm. and lots of exploitation film he's like the new the kids now don't want to see this it's like they mm-hmm. their idea of a good movie is what um, they've seen on cable and what they've seen on TV and what they've seen at the theaters. That's a very different movie from what you and I grew up seeing on cable and TV and even in theaters in some points. Yeah. Very different.
0: Yeah. And that's what I've kind of boiled down this to is just a a generational thing, you know, and uh, if, if you do love it and you love to riff on the room, but you, you've grown an affection to it, more power to you. I, uh, you know it's just in an age now where people are loving to hate on things just to hate it's it's tough to see uh and then you, you get a room uh, a film like this like the room and yeah i still i i like i've seen better worse films than this got nearly not the attention that they probably should you know considering the way that, what the room is but maybe it's just the room struck at the right time and and Hit the right chords i guess i'm i'm not sure with it, but uh, Paul, what do you think why why the popularity with this film being st- people call it so bad it's good, but I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but that's just personal definition but what do you think the f- final thought here on on why this film has grown where it um, has it?
3: I think I hinted at it earlier I think it's just it's it's become um, acceptable. Acceptable is not even the right word. It, it's it's almost it's almost like popular uh, to to pick on films nowadays. Yeah. I think people people feel that that's. I mean, look at look at all the reviews that go out there. Just even on movies that that are are not bad that we would consider not bad. People just they they poke fun at it because that is what everyone. Wants. And all the popular things like honest trailers or uh, how it should have ended kind of kind of poke fun at these things and I think everybody all the viewing pop you know all uh, all the current viewers the audience members they think that that's how you're supposed to look at films now and it's almost like it has to be cynical and I just I don't agree with them I, I think that that films can be looked at differently like this film even though I didn't like a lot of it. Uh, There's a, a, it, it did its job. It made, it made me feel something, Mm -hmm. even if that was a, like an, a bad experience for me, but it it still made me feel and it did its job. So yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's just, it's, it's what's expected now. And, and it's, it maybe maybe I'm just generalizing the, the, you know the populace, but that's how I feel. I feel that uh, that's the reason why this is becoming popular is because, uh, Hey, I finally found a movie that I, I don't feel bad about riffing on, you know? Right. And it's just, it's too easy. Come on guys.
0: It's <laughs> too easy. <laughs> Films are too easy. Uh, David, how about you? Your final thought with why you think this particular bad film has just grown the way it is is it this hate culture that uh seems to have developed over the years uh with uh, just hating on a film to hate
2: i, I think well when i first watched uh, this which was several weeks back uh and uh, like i said i'd seen it after the hype uh i didn't see it when it came out you know but um I think th- uh, this is one of those uh, uh, films that uh, that I guess the reason why of the popularity is it is it's a film that you can enjoyably hate, mm-hmm. and uh, I, that's what uh, that's what I'd sum it da- uh, down to b- b- because that's wh- that's what people seem to be doing to uh, uh, to it. Uh, like Paul said, you know. Uh, there, there's always a difference between the moviegoer and the, uh, and a difference between uh, 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 between the director uh, mm-hmm. uh, and there's always a difference between a critic and a reviewer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There is always that marginal uh, uh, difference. Uh, 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 those that, that go out and uh, just say everything that they hate instead of saying bits and pieces that they might have possibly liked. You know, and that's just—it's uh, it, just there. I mean, there's even a group of of fanboys that, uh, or f- a fandom that uh, that uh, that I consider fans, fans of mm-hmm. films, fans of films that uh, 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 that are just diehard fans and will not stray from being a fan. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: <laughs> everything
2: uh, is good. There, there, there there is- there just are people straight from liking ghostbusters or or something uh, to that effect you know yeah. i'm uh, and if they make another movie like it i'm just going to find something to hate about it
0: <laughs> right It's people that look specifically for something uh because they've set their mind that they're going to hate it I- i've seen that person uh, personally that you know I, I've I've seen that person uh, not like it physically but in chatting and seeing what they've posted and such there's people out there that already made up their mind that they hate the film Um, you, you know before they go in it oh it's bad and they go in and yep sure enough look it, you know when you go into a film thinking it's going to be bad you're immediately going to jump on more things I think that may not be perfect to help validate that feeling going into it, and I did that when I was younger. I fully admit it. I've I've done that. I, I've learned over the years. But when I was quite young, there were a few films like, "Oh man, that looks stupid." Then I go see it and go, you know, there was uh, some continuity issues or a plot or something. They're like, "Yep, see, see, see how bad." <laughs> you know.
2: So I tell my fiance that all the time when I'm wa- uh, watching uh, uh, films with uh, uh, with her. If you're going to I hate it before you see it. At least sit down and watch it first before you, <laughs> before but, yeah, before you uh, you you even have a judgment call.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying no, the room's not a good. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I just, part of the reason I want to do this show tonight, and I know we're going a little long and we'll, we'll wrap it up here, is just I wanted to try to figure out and get other people's opinions exactly what they think might be what it is about this film. Is it the film itself or is it the culture now? And this film just happens to be the one uh, that it's focused on, but is it the culture more that we have today that has made it a cult following versus it actually being a so bad it's good film? Um, Andrew, I guess you'll be the last of the night. Uh, what do you think? You think maybe the culture is the reason why this film has taken off rather than it yeah. being an actual so bad it's good movie? Yeah,
1: um, because to be honest with you, um, if The Room had the production value of the truly bad movies that I have seen and that continue to get made. Mm hmm they would not have embraced it in such a way it wouldn't have millions and millions of YouTube hits or, uh, or Amazon prime streams or whatever else. Um, because the room has the look of a good movie to them. Um, they, it, it, it legitimizes it in a mm-hmm. way for them. There are far worse movies than the room that were made by much better people that just did not have the money that Tommy was so, and that's an important thing to remember when you're talking about the room is that he had millions to put into the production. He had millions to put into the advertising and he was in Los Angeles. There was an awareness of the room, not unlike there was an awareness of Angeline mm-hmm. or anything else like that. He really went all out. And so people saw it and they're like, oh, this thing is terrible because it was very, very expensive. And if people watch The Room, they're like, oh, I can watch this movie. They start laughing when the logos come up. They start laughing when the titles come up. They just, the whole thing is set up to do that. So it's the opposite of people discovering a film and embracing a film that was at first rejected. Because, of course, The Room got awful reviews. How did it even get reviewed at all? Mm -hmm. The guy had the money to put it into theaters in Los Angeles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is, it is a unique movie because of that. What makes it special among other movies that were made by lunatics? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. The money, the money.
0: And, and the what
1: is that, David?
2: He bought the audience. That's pretty much what he did.
1: Yeah. Oh, good he, or he, bad, and he invited yeah. them to make fun of him. You know, mm-hmm. they, that's, that's the whole premise. That's the whole set of, so, you know, uh, but yes, it could not have happened uh, in the the seventies, or the eighties, or the nineties, because um, people still liked movies of all kinds, and people still had the patience for weird, low-budget stuff, and people had still had an interest in weird, low-budget stuff. But now, um, they it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. They see a movie that looks like it was made on video or cheap video or cheap film, and is out of focus, and the sound is bad, that's not a movie to them. Right.
0: And uh, you're totally right with that, because uh, reviewing many of the films that I review, and I've always considered myself a reviewer, n- not a critic, but uh, the films that I've reviewed for indie stuff is lower production stuff, and it took me a little while to look past that, as i gotten older, I, I've, I've looked past that, and there's some really good stuff there, but it's stuff that people can't get past. They can't get past the, the poor visuals, or maybe the, the audio is off, so they can't get past that and enjoy it. And you're right, now that you mention it. If the room was shot on five grand, it would have sat in obscurity on VOD, and one person would have once started on Amazon, and it would have gotten probably nowhere except living there with the rest of... The lower budget micro budget films out there. But knowing and, and I learned something tonight. I always assumed it was a little bit lower budget, but the fact that it had four million and no six million, dude. Or six million, Jesus. Um, that makes total sense now of how it kind of got out there it was because he had the money to put out there. Whereas there's films that are better that people can't get past just because someone only had one camera and they could only rent it on a weekend, you know, and so they had to shoot everything they possibly could that day. Um So, yeah, you're right. I think that that kind of nails it on the head is that it it had the money to kind
1: of buy its bad publicity. Yeah, And the irony is a lot of those bad movies make a lot more sense.
0: Yep. I, I will totally agree with you on that. So we're going to wrap it up for the night. Uh went a little longer than expected. I appreciate our crew here joining me to discuss this film. Uh, it, it was a film, like I said, I, I really tried to avoid for a long time just because I'm like, I kind of know what I'm going to get in, myself into. And, uh, but with the disaster artist coming out and seeing so many people hype and talk about it, I, I had to see it for myself and try to get an understanding what it is about this film. And I think Andrew is, gets the award tonight for hitting it on the head with, uh, that it was money. (laughs) It was money to get it out there to get the bad press and yeah. So this is going to be the point of the show where we're going to have people shill the hell out of themselves, let you know where you can find them when they aren't here uh, talking to me and
1: hearing me babble on. So, Andrew, why don't you go first? Where
0: can these fine folks check your stuff out, sir?
1: Uh, Mark, thank you for having me on. And thank you, everybody, for the great discussion. I'm sorry if I rambled. I try not to do that. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of the air. So I appreciate everybody being patient with me. I've never talked about The Room on anything or written about it. So this is my, you know, probably getting some of that out for the first time. Um, Like I said, uh, on Amazon Prime, I have a few movies that you can watch that my friends and I made here in Athens, Georgia. Um, The latest one is called Space Boobs in Space. Uh, And um, there's also uh, May of the Dead, M-A-E, and um, uh, Barry Scary. I have a few on Prime. Then I have some other ones that are just regular uh, video on demand pajama nightmare late night cable um the underground cinema cinema with an s mondo gonzo fake blood there's a bunch on there, and they were made with camcorders and really cheap but um we i i we love them <laughs> so well' made so with good.
0: love they're made with love oh.
1: Though, so. oh man, yeah, not much money, but you know I'm not making it, I would never make an excuse for my movie. they came out <laughs> just like I wanted. <laughs> And, uh, uh, David, where can we find
0: you at, sir?
2: Uh, Well, you can find uh, my Movies Galore Milwaukee blog and group on Facebook. Um, You can also find my podcast uh, on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, now you can find it on Podcast Garden, which uh, um, I I, uh, put a cool new intro for. And uh, I guess I... Uh, can say that uh, I am one of the producers behind Wrestle Massacre, which is coming out in
0: 2018. Uh, my, once my, got... my interest is peaked on that one. So
2: <laughs> my interest is peaked on it too. He said he's got like three more shoots on it, and then he's done. So, um, definitely interested. I, th- I think he's going to be using the Cuban Assassin, uh, which. He was nice. uh, uh the cuban assassin's son actually
0: oh nice that's
2: cool um he was in a short film in frames of fear the first one mm-hmm. and then uh, i guess he's using a few other um legends that nice. have been very taken cool. and hired on hand to do so it's just <laughs>
0: Very cool to hear. Yeah. Uh, uh, WrestleManiac had a uh, Ray Mysterio Sr. in it, and that one was kind of fun. That one, that one was a wild, crazy film. So wrestling horror, folks, there's a new genre that needs more, more entries into it. And Paul, how about you, sir? Where can they find you at, sir?
3: Uh, you can find me primarily at the Astro Radio Z Network uh, at uh, both the Forsaken Film Reviews podcast and Film Jerks. And you can also find uh, some uh, information at newhorrorfest.com. It's about our Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival, and we start taking film submissions in exactly one month from today. So.
0: So filmmakers out there, keep your eyes peeled for that one. All these fine gentlemen have fantastic stuff you should check out. And I appreciate them for uh, coming on my show. And I appreciate all my listeners out there. We get new ones all the time. I check it out and people are listening to our show. And let me tell you, I really appreciate it It with so much stuff out there for you to come and visit to our little sliver of the Internet and hear me ramble uh, with ideas you probably don't agree with. (laughs) I have really... I really appreciate it quite a bit. So uh, I think tonight we'll end it. Usually we say goodnight, gentlemen. But why don't you all just say goodbye, Mark, in your best Tommy Wiseau in uh, three, two, one. 2, Goodbye, Mark. Hey, all my Spoiler Room friends out there, if you like what you hear, why not head on over to iTunes and like, comment, and even subscribe to our channel. It always helps us out. Or you can find us on Stitcher Radio as well. You can drop us a tweet on the Twitter at Spoiler Room PDCS or Special Mark Pro. Look for us also on Facebook at the Spoiler Room Podcast or in the Special Mark Productions Facebook group. Let us know what movies or topics you'd like to be discussed in the Spoiler Room where the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.